Jude chapter 1, the only chapter, and verse number 14 and 15, the word of the Lord says this, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him, meaning against the Lord. And I want to speak to you from the final statement of the 14th verse, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. And I just want to speak on that subject, ten thousands of his saints. Ten thousands of his saints. Could we lift up our voices unto God right now and ask his blessing upon the preaching of the word. Lord, I thank you for your great people, the gathering of the faithful. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would move in this house. <laughs> Minister, Lord, through your word. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name to understand what you would have us to understand. Help us, Lord, I pray, to come away from this place having greater knowledge of who we are in you. And I pray, O oh Lord, that your word would accomplish that whereto it is sent. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said, in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I'd like to maybe share with you a little bit of what this passage is saying as that we are reading. I want to help us understand because we kind of picked up in the middle and I want us to understand exactly what the writer Jude is speaking of. So we're going to look at a few of the verses. He said that the Lord is going to come with ten thousands of his saints. And by coming with ten thousands of his saints, he's going to execute judgment upon all. And that he is going to convince all that are ungodly of their ungodly ways. And all of their hard speeches. In other words, there is a judgment coming. And there is a great convincing that is coming. And the Lord is, the Lord is bringing it and... And uh, he's going to do so with ten thousands of his saints. So I want to just point out, as Jude opens his epistle, he points out some things I think that are very interesting. He, he talks about the fact in verse 4 that there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. They're ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. And there are people... Who turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. That's actually a reference to the fact that some might say that the grace of God is such that you can just continue in your sin and the grace of God will cover it. And the Bible says that people who teach that are ungodly men. And that they turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. Denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he describes, he begins to put them in Remembrance how that the Lord having 
saved the people out of the land of Egypt, but afterward destroyed them that believed not. He began to describe the angels that kept not their first estate. He described Sodom and Gomorrah, cities that, that had been destroyed by fire and by brimstone. They had given themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. This is speaking of the perverse lifestyle of homosexuality and they were going after strange flesh and they were set forth for an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. He talked about the fact that these are filthy dreamers that they defile the flesh, that they despise dominion and they speak evil of dignities. And yet, he said, Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. He durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. He began to explain that even though, I mean, the devil is as bad as you can get, and even the devil, Michael the archangel, durst not bring a railing accusation. But instead said, I'm going to let the Lord handle you. And the Bible says that, that, that these speak evil of those things which they know not. We encounter that every day in our world. People who know nothing about the things of God, but they speak evil of God. I've heard people who say, I don't believe in God. And then they start talking about the God they don't believe in and his cruelty and his, his, uh, his terrible ways and the way that he's so so uh, unkind and I said my goodness I don't even believe in that God that's I, 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 whatever God you don't believe in that I don't believe in him either. I've met the God that I've worship and he's not as you describe him and maybe if you have met him you would know differently but the Bible says that woe unto them they have gone in the way of Cain notice notice this is like rogues gallery of the scriptures this is this is one uh, evil villain after another, if you please. <laughs> Those that fell from their estate as angels. And those who were destroyed by fire in Sodom and Gomorrah. The devil himself. Cain. Those that have gone in the way of Cain. <clears throat> and have ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward. And perished in the gainsaying of Korah. Korah, another uh, villain of the scriptures. Verse 12 said, these are spots in your feasts of charity. When they feast with you, they feed themselves without fear. He said, <coughs> there are many of these who actually will come in among the people. And they are, this is what the Bible describes them. They are clouds without water. They are carried about of winds. They are trees whose fruit withereth. They are without fruit, they are twice dead, and they are plucked up by the roots. They are raging waves of the sea. They foam out their own shame. They are wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, The Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. To execute judgment upon all. To convince all that are ungodly of their ungodly ways. He begins to write in verse 16. These are murmurers. These are complainers. They walk after their own lust. Their mouth speaketh great swelling words. Having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. 
But beloved, beloved, remember ye the words which are spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They told you there would be mockers in the last days who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These are they who are sensual, having not the spirit, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Look for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And notice what it says in verse 22. And of some have compassion, making a difference. Verse 23, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Hallelujah. Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God and Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. He describes that our world is filled with a variety of ungodly people. That ungodliness doesn't come from the Lord. It comes from the failure of mankind. It comes from the temptation of the enemy. It comes from the disobedience of Adam and the deception of Eve. And people in the world actually fall into one of those two categories. They're either disobedient or they are deceived. And the writer is saying they're like raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame. That's the world that you look around and see. And, and you, might, you might feel comfortable in your little cul-de-sac, but all you got to do is get online and see this world is like a raging wave of the sea. And, and, and all you've got to do is take a look around you when you drive up and down the streets of our city. You, you begin to see very quickly that, that people are either disobedient or they are deceived. And the Bible says that the judgment of God is coming. But the way that the judgment of God comes is with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment and to convince the ungodly. Of their ungodly ways. Of some having compassion. Making a difference. And others save with fear. Pulling them out of the fire. I want you to know ladies and gentlemen. That God's judgment that he's bringing upon this world. He is going to separate the wheat from the tares. But he's doing so with ten thousands of his saints. Which means that he's coming with a message of mercy. And he's coming with, with, a, with an ultimatum. He said, I have set before you life and death. Therefore, choose life. Hallelujah. And, and so when we look at this matter of judgment, you, you have to understand, first of all, he's coming with ten thousands of his saints. Who are these saints? We talk about them, but, but who are they? Who are the saints? Of the most high God. That word saint is connected to the word sanctify. Connected to the word sanctification. The saints are those who are sanctified. They are those who are holy. They are the holy saints of God. They are the righteous saints of God. They are the faithful Saints of God. Now when we talk about sanctified and saintly, we're, we're not talking about people who have 
died and that we pray to and ask them to pray prayers on our behalf. We pray to the Lord Jesus himself. We don't need anybody else to pray any prayers for us. We have an advocate with the Father. There is one God, Brother Tyler preached it at the youth retreat this week. One God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You can open up your mouth and call upon him right now. And he will hear your faintest cry. And he will answer by and by. You don't have to call upon some saint. That has gone on and asked them to pray your prayers before you. you. You don't need to be communicating with people that have gone on. The Bible warns against that. We, we, we pray to the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't pray to anybody but the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I feel the Holy Ghost. And, and so who are these saints, these faithful, these holy, these righteous? Because... We, we, you know, we, we might maybe sit here and, and think, uh, I, I hope I'm a saint. Somebody said there are saints and there are ain'ts. And, and you don't want to be one of the ain'ts. Amen. You want to be one of the saints of God. But a saint is one who is sanctified. A saint is one who is holy. A saint is one who is called out and separated from the world of disobedient and deceived people. We are not of them that draw back unto perdition. But we are of them who believe to the saving of the soul. We are not a part of the disobedient crowd. We are not a part of the deceived crowd. We are to be the saints, hallelujah, of the most high God. Now, now, I want you to understand, when we say that, we must say it with all humility. Because we have to understand, if you're a real saint of God, and you are really called out, then you know you've got nothing to do with nothing. That it was all God. And you just, by the grace of God, had the good sense to obey Him and to walk up out of whatever it was you were in. You've got to know this about the saints of God. We're not just set apart, but the Bible tells us to remember the pit from whence we came. There's something you've got to know about the saints of God. We're not just holy, but, but we are called out and made holy. Hallelujah. So, so when I stand over here and I'm holy by the holiness of God I can't look back over there and look down my nose at that person who's still a raging wave of the sea foaming out their own shame because it's not my holiness that makes me holy but I am to be holy as he is holy hallelujah and if you get caught up in thinking that it is you who makes you holy then you will fall far short of the holiness of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Isaiah looked around all of Israel and said, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and woe be named one sin after another. Woe, 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 woe. He was saying all of it. There's a woe unto it. It's, it should not be. It ought not be. 
And then the Bible says that when he saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train had filled the temple, that he looked at his own self and said, woe is me. I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips because he saw the holiness of Almighty God. So, so a saint of God is an individual who was called out of darkness, placed into his marvelous light. A saint of God is someone who has repented of their sins, which means they have turned their back on the things of God, the things of the world. They've turned their back on the things of, of the devil and that they are made up in their mind and in their heart, I'm going to follow Jesus. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Hallelujah. That's the first word out of Peter's mouth on the day of Pentecost when they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? The first word out of his mouth was repent. And I want you to know that that has to be the very the very penultimate thing that we do as we step into serving God, we must repent. We must turn from our sinful ways and follow after the Lord. You say, I've tried. Try it again. Call on the Lord. He will answer prayer. You said, I've cried and I've cried. Cry again. Try again. Repent again. Turn from your wicked ways. Don't stop turning from your wicked ways. Die daily. Surrender your heart to God. Give him everything. Let him call you out. What is he calling you out of? He's calling you out of strife. He's calling you out of hatred. He's calling you out of, of, of the pain of this world. He's calling you out of the sorrow of this world. We have sorrow too, but we don't sorrow the way the world sorrows. Because the saints of God have been called out of that sorrow. Oh, hallelujah. We have a hope beyond this life. Glory to God. We've been called out. Glory to God. Separated. Because we have repented from those sins. We have turned our back on those things that used to tear us down. And we are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins. So when I go down in the watery grave, my God have mercy. This is why teaching doctrine is so important. Because the saints of God need to know who they are. We're not just saints because we come to church. We're saints of God because there is a supernatural miracle that has occurred in our life. And it happened because God gave us his plan of salvation and we obeyed his word and the power of faith came into effect because when faith is mixed with works, the promises of God go into effect. Hallelujah. And so, so, so it's important that we teach doctrine. You need to understand there's power in repentance. There's a reason that there's joy in heaven over one sinner that repents. There's a reason that all the angels rejoice over one sinner that repents. Because there's power in repentance. And when we're baptized in Jesus' name, that old man is dying in those watery graves. That's not just a ceremony. That's not just a ritual. You are saying Joel Urshan is going to stay in that water. But when I come up out of that water, I come up with a new name and a new record. 
Hallelujah. I said a new record. All the stuff I did that was worldly and ungodly and raging and sensual and full of the filthiness of the flesh, all of that dies in those waters. And I come up with a new name. And, and very literally, in the eyes of God, I never did that stuff. I'm going to tell you, the devil can remind you of it. But God doesn't remember it. The accuser of the brethren will get in your ear and accuse and accuse and accuse. But God has cast it as far from you as the east is from the west. And if you haven't noticed, the east is so far from the west that the east and the west will never touch. There is no polarity between the east and the rest. And west. It is, it is a perpetual casting away. That's why he didn't say from the north to the south. He said from the east to the west. Hallelujah. We have to understand who we are. And when he filled us with the Holy Ghost, he filled us with his spirit. And now the spirit of the living God is living on the inside of us. Hallelujah. And I don't walk like I used to walk. And I don't talk like I used to talk. And I don't treat folks the way I used to treat folks. And I don't go to the places I used to go. And it's not because somebody is forcing me to live this kind of life. But there's a Holy Spirit inside of me now. And I can feel when something grieves that Holy Spirit of God inside of me. I can tell something on the inside of me is not comfortable with the way I'm acting right now. Something on the inside of me is not comfortable with, with the way I'm dressing right now. Something on the inside of me is not comfortable with the way I'm treating people right now. I, and now I've got to repent of my haughtiness. And I've got to repent of my, of my unrighteousness because the Holy Ghost inside of me. I'm talking about being a saint of God. Saint of God's, saints of God are not arrogant. They are humble people. And if you've got arrogance in your spirit, you better repent of that arrogance. Hallelujah. We are anointed of the Lord. Hallelujah. Do you know the Bible says not to touch God's anointed and do his prophets no harm? Hallelujah. That, that, you know what that means? That means you should not wound me because I'm an anointed of God. You know what else that means? That means I should not wound you because you're anointed of God. This isn't just about people who are not preachers not wounding preachers, but it's about preachers not wounding people. It's about the people of God understanding that this is the Lord's heritage. This is the anointing of God. Now, I can correct and I can provide instruction and I can provide direction, but I better not wound God's people. Because the anointed of God, God's serious about the anointed of the Lord. And when you've got the Holy Ghost, you're anointed of the Lord. He has crowned you with glory and honor. Hallelujah. You are a part of the saints of the Most High God. And I want you to know that saints, you, 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 they come in all shapes and sizes. But we are formed into the image of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You, 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 they're, they're saints of all ages. And there are saints of all ethnic backgrounds. And there are saints of various socioeconomic backgrounds. And, and, and it might be a little old lady. Or it might be an on fire teenager. Or it might be a faithful husband. Or it might be a virtuous wife. But I want you to know that when God was gathering his army. Hallelujah. To confront the wickedness of this world. He didn't go looking for seal team six. 
When God was gathering his army, assembling his mighty warriors, he didn't go looking for any branches of the military. When God was assembling his army, he didn't look for training camps and boot camps and the most skilled and the most talented. God said, just give me 10,000 of saints and I can walk into this world and execute the judgment of God and convince the ungodly of their ungodly ways. You know why he wants to convince the ungodly of their ungodly ways? Because he wants to save the ungodly from their ungodly ways. There is fire coming. There is brimstone coming. This thing is coming to an end. And you better get right. 99 and a half won't do. Gotta make it to heaven somehow. You hear what I'm preaching to you? It's time to stop playing games. It's time to turn your eyes to Jesus. It's time to get rid of carnality and complacency. Tell you, there's a revival coming into our world, and you better know you're a big part of it. God said, I'm going to come with 10,000 of my saints. Hallelujah. Cain doesn't stand a chance against 10,000 of my saints. Hallelujah. Korah doesn't stand a chance against 10,000 of my saints. Hallelujah. Balaam doesn't stand a chance. Sodom and Gomorrah doesn't stand a chance. The angels who lost their first estate don't stand a chance. The wickedness of this world don't stand a chance. Political corruption doesn't stand a chance. National unrest doesn't stand a chance. COVID doesn't stand a chance. Cancer doesn't stand a chance because the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints. Oh, hallelujah. You can keep the suave politician. You give me a little praying grandmother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can, keep the, you can keep the corrupt bureaucrat. You give me a faithful father who's dedicated to God and to his family and to the house of the Lord. You can keep the strongest. The race isn't given to the swift. The battle isn't given to the strong. But to he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. The Lord isn't coming with 10,000 soldiers of the world's consideration. He's coming with 10,000 of his saints. What I want you to know is I want you to know that when you come together, nothing is impossible for you. I want you to understand that when you come up out of darkness and you come up out of that sinful lifestyle and you step into the glory of the Lord, you join with a family of the righteous. Hallelujah. And nothing shall be impossible to you. We can turn this whole city upside down. We can turn this whole metroplex upside down. Hallelujah. Simply by rejoicing. In the testimony of his salvation. Psalm 145 says this. Great is the Lord. Hallelujah. Greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another. And shall declare thy mighty acts. You hear what I'm telling you. One generation shall praise his works to another. Young people, I thank God I saw you in Gatlinburg this week. And I want you to know you're not the church of tomorrow. You're the church of today. You're the church of right now. 
You're the church of right now. I was glad to see you dancing up here. Don't stop dancing. Keep on dancing. Keep on leaping. We need you leaping. We need you shouting. We need the testimony. We need you to shout because God is good. We need you to dance because the Lord is great. We need you to worship because the Lord is on the throne. Don't listen to the disobedient Adams of your generation or to the deceived Eves of your generation. Let one generation praise his works to another. Are there any elders in the house that know he's a healer? Are there any elders in the house that know he's a savior? Are there any elders in the house that can say he brought me out of darkness and it was the best thing that ever happened to me? I'm going to tell you, when you look around and see the elders in this house, you're looking at people who tried drugs. You're looking at people who tried illicit sex. You're looking at people who tried the world. You're looking at people who tried what the devil offered. But God called them out. God set them apart. God sanctified them. God made them holy. They don't look at you with condemnation. They look at you with compassion. They know where you are. They've been there themselves. Hallelujah. Oh, we're nothing if we're not a merciful people. We are nothing if we're not a merciful people. I'm going to tell you, God's been too good to me. I said he has been too good to me. I'm so unworthy. I'm so unworthy. People say, oh, preacher, you're a preacher. What are you talking about? You hear what I'm telling you. I've hurt more people on accident than I've helped on purpose. I'm unworthy of the goodness and the grace of God. I don't deserve to stand, not just on this platform, I don't deserve to stand in his presence anywhere at any time. But when I walk into his presence, oh, He's welcoming of me. Oh, he's good to me. Oh, he's kind to me. Oh, he's compassionate toward me. How dare I go grab somebody by the lapels and condemn them and make them feel inferior. No, I won't do that. But I will preach godliness and righteousness. It's the only way to live. That's how we execute judgment. That's how we convince the ungodly. Jesus said, you know, this generation is going to stand in judgment. And he said, the men of Nineveh shall rise up in judgment with this generation. And you know why? Because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. He said, and there's going to be somebody else there. The queen of the south is going to rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it. Because she came from the uttermost parts of the earth. To hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Hallelujah. There will be people to rise up in judgment. You know who they are? They're the saints. They're not going to rise up in judgment with an accusing finger. They're going to rise up in judgment with a lifestyle. That God bestowed upon them. With a grace that came from only him. And you will have no excuse. Because the saints of God, hallelujah, stand as testimonies. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you. 
My God, can, 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 I, I know I've got the mic, but can the saints just testify for a moment? Any, any former rebels we got in the house today? Anybody used to be rebellious? Come on, go ahead and give him praise. Come on, any former disobedient people? Is everybody just always been in a suit and tie? Any former disobedient? Any former deceived? Anybody ever been in false doctrine in your past? But God, who is rich in mercy. God, who is rich in mercy. Hallelujah. Keep on being faithful, saints. Keep on being faithful, saints. You're convincing the ungodly out of their ungodly behavior. Keep on being holy, saints. You're convincing the ungodly. You know what that convincing means? It means conviction. When people get mad at you because you're you're a, a Christian or you go to church or you're one of those Pentecostal people and they get angry with you, it's because they're convicted by you. Don't, don't, don't heap upon them condemnation because if it weren't for the mercy of God, you'd have nothing. I got nothing, I got nothing, I got nothing without the mercy of God. I've got nothing without the mercy of God. I've got nothing without the mercy of God. Oh, when I look at my world, I don't want to give them a heaping helping of condemnation. I want to give them mercy. I want to give them the love of God. I want to stand as an example. I want my family to be an example. Of what can happen when somebody gives their all to God. I want that. I want that. I want that. And you may say, but pastor, that's not where I am. Hold on. And don't ever let go. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in what was just said. Because there's some people who say, I want that too, pastor. But that's not where I am. And God just told me to tell you, hold on. You know what the Bible says? The Bible said that the devil makes war against the saints. And there are some times where he prevails. There are moments in the scripture where he prevails. But the saints don't ever quit. So he cannot prevail perpetually. Because when we talk about the saints, the Bible talks, hallelujah, about the righteousness of the saints. Oh, hallelujah. And the Bible talks about the, the faithfulness of the saints. Oh, hallelujah. And the Bible talks about the Patience of the saints. Hallelujah. If you could pull up Psalm 145. Notice what the Bible says about, about the saints of God in Psalm 145. The Bible says, one generation shall praise thy works to another, shall declare thy mighty acts. Hallelujah. He said, the Lord is gracious. In verse 8, full of compassion, slow to anger of great mercy. The Lord is good to all. His tender mercies are over all his works. That's not how the, Lord, the world describes the Lord. But this is a saint talking. The Lord is gracious. He's full of compassion. He's slow to anger. He's of great mercy. The Lord is good to all. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. Verse 11, he's still talking about the saints. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom. They shall talk of thy power. To make known to the sons of men his mighty acts. And the glorious majesty of his kingdom. You know what you need to be talking about? You need to be talking about his mighty acts. 
You need to be talking about his great power. You need to be talking about his kingdom because his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon thee. Thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand and satisfieth them desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways. Can I give the testimony of the saints right now? The Lord is holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him. Hallelujah. To all that call upon him in truth, he will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He will hear their cry and will save them. Hallelujah, Revelation 14 and 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they which keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Keep on being patient, saints. Keep on being faithful, saints. He's coming with ten thousands of his saints. Halabohoshatai. You just give me a couple saints, and we'll turn this whole city upside down. I'll take saints over talent. I'll take saints over money. I'll take saints over, 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 over any kind of ability or advantage. I'll take saints. Give me saints. Give me prayer warriors. Give me faithful people of God. Give me people who trust in the Lord with all their heart. Hallelujah. And we can walk into any city. We can walk into any principality. We can walk into any dominion. That's why we're giving right now to build the worship center because God has given us power and when the saints come together there's power we're supposed to raise could you throw those numbers up there we're supposed to raise 1.2 million dollars by October 2023 now put up the next number if you will this is how much you've given since the first Sunday of March $325,354.85 if you could put up the next number that leaves us with $874,645.15 that we need to raise by October 2023. We're going to raise it before October 2023 because the Lord is coming. The saints are awake. The saints are active. The saints are engaged. The saints are praying. The saints are giving. The saints are believing. The saints are in motion. We're not envious. We're not full of hate. We don't, we're not jealous of anybody around us. We've kept off those works of the flesh hallelujah and we are part of his saints somebody lift your hands and praise him right now come on somebody lift your hands and praise him right now hallelujah 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 coming down 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 coming down 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 Yes, the glory of the Lord is coming down. When the saints begin to pray for the Lord to have his way, then the glory of the Lord is coming down. Somebody stand with me right now. Coming down, down, down. Coming down, down, down. The glory of the Lord is coming down. When the saints begin to pray for the Lord to have his way, the glory of the Lord is coming down.
is coming down. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. You got to know who you are. You're full of the Holy Ghost. You're full of the power of God. You're full of mercy. You're full of love. You're full of righteousness. You're full of holiness. I'm going to tell you what, this is why people call you before they call 911. Because they know there's something when the saints begin to pray. When the saints begin to pray. The Lord just woke me up this morning and told me to tell you that there is nothing impossible to us. That's what he told me to tell you. This whole thing was so I could tell you there's nothing impossible to God's people. Hallelujah. I want everybody who's struggling with something in their spirit, I want you to lift it up to God right now. If you've got some kind of a sin, if you've got some kind of a feeling, if you've got some envy, if you've got a lust of your flesh, if you've got some kind of rebellion, if you've got some kind of an angst or an ought against your brother, that's the enemy waging war against the saints. What he would love to do is, is to, to pit you against your brother or your sister in the Lord. You want to know why? Because he knows that if you ever join forces with your brother or your sister, that you're going to turn this whole city upside down for the glory of the Lord. My God, my God. Come on, stand with me right now all across this house. Listen to me. I'm coming to a close. Peter and John, two of the great apostles of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that they, that they had a little, they had a little something with each other. It was a little friendly rivalry, Brother Andrews, between Peter and John. Just Jesus said something about there's going to be people here who live forever, and they're talking about this generation won't pass. And 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 he said it. He was talking about spiritually, and Peter got the idea that he meant John was going to get to live forever, and everybody else was going to die. And he said, "Well, that's not fair. That he gets to live forever." And Jesus said, "Number one, it's not what I said." And two, so what if I did say it? But Peter's, but Peter's feelings about, about John, the favoritism, rose up. And, and, and John, I don't know that John didn't really talk like Peter did in those instances, but, but he is the one that told us he outran Peter through the tomb, and he's the one that told us all about Peter denying Christ. And he had, you know, he just kind of getting it out there, you know, just so you know. Peter and John, there were issues. John and James said, we want to be on either side of you in your kingdom. They were vying for position, vying for spots. And the Lord, that's what the Lord had to deal with his disciples. I'm going to tell you, if the disciples will ever stop worrying about position. My God. I'm so thankful that after they got the Holy, you know what? They got the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2. And just a few verses later, the Bible says at the hour of prayer, they went together to the temple. Amen. At the hour of prayer, they went together to the temple. And I'm going to tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to pray. And whatever you've got against John or whatever you've got against Peter, you better set it aside. We've got too many lame people in our city who need us to get our act together. Who need us to stop worrying about 
John's benefits and Peter's benefits and, and Paul's benefits and James and, and this person getting promoted and that person getting yelled. We can't worry about that. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. It's time to have revival. The Lord is coming with ten thousands of his saints. My God have mercy. I feel the presence of the Lord here right now. Somebody reach out and grab a hold of it in Jesus' name. Somebody reach out and grab a hold of it in Jesus' name. My God, my God, there's nothing impossible to us. Nothing impossible to us. Hallelujah. We're going to be there for those mothers. Hallelujah. We're going to be there for those mothers. And we're going to be there for those babies. And God's going to raise up strong saints of God out of those babies. You mark my words. There's going to be babies that are born that the devil would have aborted. But the Lord is going to raise them up. And they're going to be strong saints of God. You know what I'm going to do someday? I'm just going to bring in, I'm going to bring in preachers who were supposed to have been aborted. Because there's a lot of them. There are a lot of them that the devil had intended to abort. But the God of heaven thwarted his plans. And these men of God stand with the word of God aflame in their mouth. Hallelujah. That's the, that's the patience of the saints. That's the faithfulness of the saints. That's the righteousness of the saints. Hallelujah. I need some saints to come right now. I need some saints to come right now. You say, oh, that's a, that's a very lofty word, brothers. That's a lofty word. Come on. Accept it. You can be humble. It's not, it's not your salvation. It's his. It's not your faithfulness. It's his. It's not your holiness. It's his. But he's called you to be saints. Come on. I need some saints of God. Who are going to be faithful in the middle of their trial. Saints of God. Who are going to be faithful in the middle of persecution. I need some saints of God. Come on, that's it. I love seeing these young saints of God. That's who you are. You're saints of God. Don't you let the devil tell you you're anything else. You are saints of God. And the Lord has enlisted you for his glory. To show the ungodly what holiness looks like. What godliness looks like. Hallelujah. Come on, I need some saints to pray right now. Come on, don't be quiet. Don't be quiet. Don't be quiet. I need some saints who know how to pray to start praying right now. The Lord is coming with ten thousands of his saints. There's nothing impossible to us. Not when we're united. Not when we love one another. Not, not when we love God with all our heart. There's nothing. There's nothing we can't accomplish. There's nothing we can't achieve for the glory of the Lord. Mercy is falling, falling. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands, receive it now. You're in the presence of the Presence of the Lord. 
of your history, seal it now, here in the presence of the Open your arms. 